0: Hey, this is Troy from Planet 76. We've got some really good Sixers-focused content coming your way today. Make sure you subscribe to the pod so you can be in the know when we release new content. Enjoy the show. What is going on, Planet 76? Troy here. I got Michael here with me. As always, episode 61. 61, hard to believe of the podcast, 61. and um, some good Sixers-focused content today. Michael's got a new setup, got a new microphone we're trying out, and so um, that's progress, right.
1: But, uh, we'll, we'll get,
0: we'll get there. that's right. So, um, like we've said over the last couple episodes, we are in the dog days of the off season. Um, not, you know, s- certainly not too much happening. Tobias Harris, shout out to him, got married yesterday. Um, oh, that's yeah, so we're that. recording Sunday, August 7th, Tobias Harris, uh, tied the knot yesterday. So shout out to him and, um, yeah, just uh, some other, you know, a few other things of course going on around the league, but, uh, such as James Harden partying with Travis Scott and, uh, Kevin Durant in London. Is that right? I think London. I think so, yeah. yeah. But, uh, anyway, so <laughs> that's kind of the, the highs of the <laughs> Sixers news lately. Um, but again, that's where we're at. So, um, you know, we were. We've, of course, you know, every episode we got to figure out what to talk about. And so Michael, um, you know, had some thoughts as to where we could run uh, potentially with the next few episodes and just kind of get deeper into some of the players on the Sixers roster. So I'm going to let him kind of explain that and, um, you know, just where we're going to go for this episode 61. So, uh, Michael, what's the uh, what's on the agenda?
1: So we got something. We're trying out something new. We've never really done something like this before on the podcast we I mean we've obviously talked about certain players at an individual level but at least for this week we're gonna see how it goes we're just gonna kind of do some breakdown on the Sixers players we're gonna start with a little breakdown we're gonna talk about their history in the league and uh, as, as of right now this is gonna be f- just for like guys that the Sixers have recently acquired so for example tonight we're gonna start with the Anthony Mellon and Daniel House We're going to go into their play style a little bit, we're going to go into their potential impact on the Sixers, with the Sixers, Um, and then we're going to get into our overall thoughts on them as players, you know, just generally how we're feeling about them, generally what we think they can bring. Um, Yeah, so we're just going to run with that, and like I said, we're going to see how it goes, we've never really done something like this before, but we're going to start with some of the new guys, Yeah. and... um, yeah, we're gonna start with with De'Anthony Melton, so Troy, sure. Wanna, yeah, Chris, so sounds
0: uh, good to me. I like the I like the plan as we can dig a little deeper while there's not too much going on, um, just talking about some players. So De'Anthony Melton first. Um, the dude is just 24 years old. That's what sticks out to me. as I'm looking at um, Basketball Reference right now. 20 just turned 24. Uh, went to USC of course, and so he's entering into his fifth year in the NBA. Um, and what I what I like about the signing or what I you know what I know about DeAnthony Mountain is I know he is a very good offensive player and a very good defensive player, you know, off the bench. And so I think he that's, I think he just adds a lot. Um, there's a lot of ways you can go with this. Um, you know, such as let's see what he shot last year from 3, 37%. The year before in just 52 games he shot over 40% from 3. Um, with the Memphis Grizzlies, um, around 20 to 22 minutes a game, around 9, 10 points a game. And so, um, you know, I do know even fresh off the signing, one thing that stuck out to me was, uh, fresh off the trade rather, was that, you know, someone said that he was very, very close either last year or the year before to making an all-NBA defensive team. Like, very close. Like, received significant amount of votes. And so that is something I didn't know, you know, until he became a sixer. Um, but that stuck out to me right away. Um how about you?
1: <clears throat> yeah, I didn't know that either. Um, I forget where I saw that, but yeah,
0: I mean, I believe it. <laughs> yeah.
1: It wouldn't shock me. Um, there's been a lot of guys the past few seasons that have been so good defensively, but because of the defensive talent in the NBA, they just haven't made an offensive right. team. And I think D'Anthony Melton is a guy that, even though he's not making all-defensive teams, he's still one of those great defenders, at, especially at the guard position. Because, like I, like I said, you don't necessarily have to make an all-defensive right. team to be considered a great defender. For example, this year, Joel Embiid didn't make one, even though he's a fantastic defender. He, he's, he's one of the best in the league, in my opinion. So you don't have to necessarily make that all-defensive team to still be considered a great... I mean, a good, but even great Mm-hmm. Overall, so I think it's a great. I think it's a great notion for the Sixers. I think they're going to. I think he's going to help them out a lot. You know, the Sixers guards, aside from Thibault, if you count him as a guard, not too great defensively. Right. So I think that's going to help right. out a lot. Right.
0: Yeah, and the you know the other thing that I you know when I hear the name DeAnthony Melton, um, you know he's a combo guard. I mean he can he he's not. Two different, I don't think. I mean, there's there's certainly differences and similarities to Shake Milton as well on the offensive end. Um, but just the way that he can kind of plug and play, you know, whatever position you might need him to, point guard, shooting guard. Um, and then, again, he gets it done on the defensive end. He was a second-round pick um, back in 2018. Um, <clears throat> again, three years with Memphis, one with Phoenix, where he started 31 games. Um, started 15 games for the Grizzlies last year out of 73 total that he played. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I like it. Um, why don't we talk a little bit more about that, you know, his play style, going back to this thought on Shake Milton and, you know, similarities and differences or whatever. Um, but we know DeAnthony Milton, we know a fact he's coming off the bench. We know a second fact that he is going to be one of those pieces off the bench. He's, I, I don't think he's necessarily fighting for a, a role on this team. Um, I don't know if you agree with that, but, I, I, you know, I think he. I mean, he's a piece, he, to me, that's going to contribute.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I don't think he's going to have to really... He's going to be one of the few guys off the bench for the Sixers that I don't think is going to have to mm-hmm. fight for, for a role for minutes. He has a role here, despite being one of the newer guys on this roster. The Sixers and Daryl Morey traded for him because, I'm assuming, they also believe that. They flipped Danny Green for him. They want a guy who's going to contribute now because the Sixers are, if you didn't know already, in win-now mode. They need guys who can contribute. And D'Anthony Mountain is the perfect guy for that role. He fits that mold very well. And, I yeah, he's going to be one of the few guys off the bench that... Don't have to compete for minutes for a role. The next guy we're going to be talking about, Daniel House.
0: Right. I can say
1: the same for him, but for Anthony Mellon, at least, I can say that with.
0: with And so, how do you think he fits? So, we kind of know how he plays just from, you know, hearing about him since he's been acquired by the Sixers or even watching some games when he was with Memphis and um, just knowing the player that he is and knowing that he's going to come off the bench. So, how does his style of play fit with the Sixers. One thing I'll say is that I think it's significant that he can play either guard position because you got, you know, yes. James Harden and Tyrese Maxey. Um, one of them comes out, you summon in D'Anthony Mountain, you just keep on going, you know. Um, so I think that's huge. That's the biggest thing for me. What about you?
1: <clears throat> I think I think him being able to play off the ball is going to be big for the Sixers because you have guys like Maxey, Harden, and Bede. Who, uh, I mean, they beat a little more less than those guys. Need the ball in their hands to be right. productive. Harden needs the ball. He's the he's the you know he, he needs the ball in his hands. He, he's he's the offensive generator. He needs the he needs the ball. Maxi can play off the ball, but as a scorer, which is for the most part what he is now, he needs the ball for, to do that. With DeAnthony Mountain, he can play off the ball. He's great as a catch and shoot player. He's great. As a cutter, um, he, he can move off the ball very well, come off screens and hit threes, which is exactly what the Sixers need. Every team needs that. So if every team needs that, why, why wouldn't the Sixers, mm-hmm. you know? So th- the Sixers need that. And I don't think you can have too much of that. I don't think any team in the league has too much of that. I don't think any team in the league ever will have too mm-hmm. much of that. It's great that he can play off the ball, and like you said, it's great that he can play both guard slots because he can handle the ball at – he can handle the ball, and he can mm-hmm. score. So that's, again, that combo. You need that from your guard. Yeah. Especially your guard who's who might be getting six-man minutes off the bench. Who knows? We don't know yet. But you need that regardless. Yeah,
0: I'm I'm excited about Anthony Melton. I think that's, like, one of the underrated moves around the NBA. Um, hopefully it'll turn into such, you know, because...
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: It, to do what we did and you know, we've said it before, to, to swap a or to get rid of a pick at twenty three or whatever we were, and Danny Green and get a guy who's gonna contribute right now is a win. It just it's just a win. Massive. And he's win. he's twenty Massive he just turned twenty four. And that's the other thing that I'll say. So and I'll get on a little bit of a rant here, but that's okay. Um the other thing I'll say is that you know, for what will i say what will i say in the nba you have a lot of contending teams quote unquote so sixers are a contending quote unquote contender in the east because their hope is to be a top 4 seed when you know in the eastern conference and to um you know fight to get to the finals that's the goal that this team has and they're all very upfront about yes. that um but oftentimes in, when contending teams are looking to add pieces in the off season who do you go and get you go and get a veteran, you like a like a old veteran, like a P.J. Tucker, like Danny Green, like J.J. Redick, like you know who, like Carmelo Anthony, which was a joke for the Lakers. But um, you know, you go and get some guys that are old, and are. And my point is that is that you get guys who are past their prime, who just want to go and win a title somewhere. This piece in DeAnthony Melton is the opposite of that. He's 24. He might not even be at his prime yet. You know, and that's exciting to go and get someone and get rid of a late first-round pick for a guy who has shown he can play in this league. And he is 24. He's probably and hopefully not at his prime yet. Like, he hasn't peaked. Um, it's just exciting because I think, we, you know, you can unlock even more of him and show even more value and, um, you know, again, hopefully, you know, a da- long time down the road, he's going to be remembered as a sixer because of the impact he's had on his team off the bench. I just think that that's huge because, a lot. Of, again, you, you go and get guys that are going to average three, four, five points off the bench who are just, you know, old veterans. But this isn't the case, and that's why I think I'm so excited about the Anthony Melton because it's different.
1: Yeah, it's it's very different. It's It's one of those things where... I think you can almost 100% guarantee that these guys are going to be productive off the bench. And, I mean, I think we can back that up. Career high for Melton last year in points, 10.8 per game. Career high in field goal attempts, which is a great sign. You want this guy to be shooting the ball as much as he can. Um, He's a career 36% three-point shooter, which is fantastic. In Memphis, he's thirty. He's a thirty-seven percent career three-point shooter. Well, with Memphis, mm-hmm. I should say, because he was there three seasons, and he was there. He was with the Suns for My one name. season. Thirty-six percent for for his career from three, on almost four to ten, which is great. I think that'll increase. Um, he's gonna get more opportunity than he did in Memphis. Here, um, he he was playing behind John Morant. He was playing behind Desmond Bain. He was playing behind Dylan Brooks. He's gonna have a lot more opportunities here. Obviously he's playing against better players with Tyrese Max right. and James Harden. But it's he the Sixers need a backup yeah. guard. Um and and while I think I think Shea can be that guy as well, you know, like we're talking about, Melton is gonna be a contributor too.
0: Yep. Yeah, you like that, um, even just as you mentioned, he was up to nine and a half field goal attempts a game this past season. That is great. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's – I just think it's going to be big. You know, I I like this that, you know, to back up Tyrese Maxey and James Harden, there's not a massive, massive fallout, you know, behind them. Um, You know, and I think Daryl and I think we have confidence in a guy like the Anthony Melton who you can plug and play into situations, and um, he's going to get the job done. And so even when those guys miss several games – You insert this guy into the starting lineup, and um, you know at either guard position, and I just think it's going to be good. So, um, this is a lot of high talk on De'Anthony Melton, but I am all aboard for that. I just I like it. (laughs) Anything else on him?
1: No, I mean I think that's pretty much it. I uh, I just am excited to see. What he's going to bring, obviously Troy and I talk about what we think he's going to bring, and I would like to think that... Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to think that because it means a lot for the success of the Sixers. Again, because they traded for this guy who, again, I'm assuming, they're assuming, that he's going to be a a major contributor. So it's going to be big... Um. Assuming things play out as we as we expect it's gonna be it's gonna be really solid for them to have
0: yep all right, moving on Daniel house so few fast facts about him, and then I'll toss it your way um small forward six foot six um entering his what entering into his I don't even know what season. One, two, three, four, five, like Twelve, seventh season. so no, ninth. What am I so saying? He, he played what on three saying? teams in yeah. 2021, kind of. It says the New York Knicks played one game, attempted one field goal, <laughs> and just dipped after three minutes. That's what this says. I don't recall that. Anyway, spent some time in Houston and spent some time in Utah this past year. Uh, most of you know him from his Houston days. Um Spent a little time in Phoenix before that. So, um, yeah, a guy who's been around the league for a little while now. He is 28 years old. And, um, yeah, so he spent the majority of his days in Houston. 154 games in Houston. Um, Utah this past year, just 25. So, um, he is a familiar face if you've been following James Harden or Daniel How- or Daniel House and... Um, What's his face? Daryl Morey um, in Houston. So uh, what else do you see here?
1: Well, I think for one thing, him having played the most games with Utah, I think that's that's probably the most accurate sample we have. And from that, we can see he shot 42% from three, albeit on only three attempts. You would like to see a little more there, but that's fine. Um and with in Houston with with Harden, to in twenty nineteen twenty twenty right he shot thirty six percent on almost six attempts an average ten and he a half also solid. Points. Ten and a half, what? Oh points! Oh yes, point I didn't out. even see that. Yes, yeah, that's great. That 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 was his highest career points by far, and I'm not really expecting him to be like a super scoring right. guy. But he's definitely gonna give you a boost from beyond the three point line. He's definitely gonna give you a boost defensively. I think he's a pretty solid defender. He's six six, so he can probably play the guard slot if he needs, probably slide down Mm to the three. And I wouldn't go much further past that. I'm not really I'm not that confident in his defense, although I think he's a good guard defender for the most part, good on the perimeter as well. I'm just I'm just looking for a solid you know, I'm 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 looking for him to replicate what he did in Utah this season. Just give me seven points per game on good defense. Give me a give me a steal or two here and there, and just knock down three pointers. Just you're playing with Harden again. He you know he's gonna find you. Just get to your spots. He'll find you and make some open threes. That's all I'm really asking from this guy. And again, like we talked about a few episodes ago, it might come down to House not getting minutes. Right. However. The Sixers did pay him two years eight million, so with that in mind you would probably expect them to play him because unless unless someone comes out of nowhere, the guy that you're paying eight eight million to for two years is probably going to get minutes right probably. usually that's what happens uh, again we're we are assuming because we don't actually know, but since we're assuming that's the conclusion that we come to is that you would think he's going to get yeah. minutes. So that's what I'm looking for from him this season. I'm not going to he 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 doesn't need to be a um like I said a supercharged guy off the bench like like we're expecting from Melton. I'm just expecting some solid defense and just make your open threes is really is really it.
0: Right. Yeah, so the thing that jumps off the page to me and for everyone else. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's, it's the days he spent in Houston and the fact that he's teaming up with James Harden again. And just looking at some of these numbers and how, you know, during, you know, three, pretty much just three seasons, three and a half, maybe in Houston, some of these numbers, man, like, I, I don't think I knew this again, 10 and a half a game, um, on over 30 minutes per game and 52 starts in 2019, 20, like that's,
1: those are the small ball right. days, too, with Ross and James yep. Harden. He was playing a so lot So that's of significant. I mean,
0: that's huge. And, yeah. you know, not, again, not only was he playing, but he, he was playing well um, and shooting the ball well. And, you know, even as you mentioned this past season, in 25 games in Utah, he shot over 41%. Um, and, it, you know, of course, again, in the Houston days, just like anybody else who has Houston on their – uh, timeline in the NBA, they they shoot more threes there, and so his three three attempts per game were higher in Houston. Um, you know, curious to see how it just translates again because he's not in Houston. But I mean, we're basically the old Rockets, so um, <laughs> the Philadelphia Rockets. Philadelphia
1: Rockets, <laughs> Houston 76ers.
0: So yeah, I mean, I, I'm not as excited about him as I am De'Anthony Mountain, and part of that, to your point, is just we don't know. How often he's going to play, how many minutes he's going to get when he does, and all that fun stuff. But I, I don't mind it. Again, and I, I, another reason I don't mind it is because he's twenty eight years old. On you know, two years, it's not like we're um, signing a bunch of forty year olds. We're only got PJ Tucker, and PJ Tucker's a different breed. Uh, I don't, I don't mind that one because it, yeah. speaking of like primes and stuff, like. When you're 37 or whatever he is, it's like easy to say you're past your prime, but like P.J. Tucker, I don't think he's really had a prime. He's kind of just... (laughs)
1: Guys like that don't have primes. They just... Obviously, they have their better years, but there's a difference between a guy who's really at his peak versus a guy like P.J. Tucker who's... He's been this kind of player his whole career. He's... He's obviously better than he was before, but it's it it's not really a, a massive improvement as you would see from someone like Joel Embiid, who just takes massive leaps right. in in scoring output every year.
0: Right? Yeah, PJ Tucker, man, he's like a six, seven, eight point guy and a six, seven, eight rebound yeah. guy a game, and that's just who he's been right. for his entire career. Um, so that one, you know, again, it's not like we're, you know. It's like we're signing a 37-year-old Anthony Melton who hasn't averaged 10 points in t- 10 years. you know what I mean? Um, right, we get exactly. a young guy in him and in Daniel House. So a um, little more on House. Like, what do you – No, again, a lot of this is – we're just making predictions, but what do you envision for him and um, how much of it's going to be benef- beneficial to him that he, he played with James Harden um, – you know obviously i I'm sure James was involved. maybe we'll find out more when the tampering comes down, but um you know I'm sure James was involved in getting him here, kind of, and so um what's your thought on that connection, and just how maybe that'll make it easier for him to adjust or what
1: That's a good <clears throat> point that you just brought up um, i think it's I think it's a lot easier for guys to adjust to new environments when they're playing with familiar faces I think. And again, I, I'm kind of just echoing you here as well, but it wouldn't shock me if a big reason why Tucker chose Philadelphia over Miami was because of mm-hmm. James Harden. He had the opportunity to play with his old teammate, a guy who I mean, he, he had his, the best years of his career with. So if you're, if you're PG Tucker, you're thinking, yeah, you know what? Let me go try and, and win. Let me go try and, and play with my former teammate. I had my, you know, he was a great teammate. He made my life right. easier. Why not try that again? So why, why wouldn't Daniel House think the exact same thing? You know, right? Um, I think and and, and House too. Like we just talked about it, best year of his career with, with Harden in in Houston, and I don't think that's a coincidence. Mm-hmm. It's easy to, it's easy to come to that conclusion. It, it definitely wasn't a coincidence because of how James Harden is, and how he was with Houston. So again, I could imagine that House sees Harden. Hey man, you know what? You, you the Sixers looking good. I enjoyed playing with you in Houston. Let's run. Let's run it back. Literally, let's right.
0: run it back. Yeah. Well said. I like it. Now again, we like a lot of stuff on paper here <laughs> um, in regard to the Sixers, yeah. but
1: <laughs> a lot different than one it is.
0: <laughs> What's that? <laughs>
1: Not different than uh, what it is yeah, yeah. In when the season starts. So,
0: yeah. but we'll see. So, how do you think? How do you yeah. think he fits in with this entire? You know, again, we're talking about it's going to be a, maybe a fight for minutes for him and some of the other forwards. So, um, I mean, if you're if you're Glenn Rivers, what are you doing? Not now. Again, all of these guys are going to play at some point. But how do you make the decision between him and, and Niang and Matisse? And PJ Tucker, well, PJ Tucker's gonna start, but you know some of those right. guys. Like, how do you how do you do it?
1: <laughs> it's it's not. I don't think it's gonna be too difficult. It's not gonna be easy, but it's not gonna be too difficult. The one thing that I think really is is key in this is that the Sixers again, like I mentioned earlier, the Sixers signed House to two years, eight million. So if you're giving a guy that money the assumption is that he's going to play mm-hmm. significant minutes. You, you know, you don't offer that guy that money and then not give him playing time. Obviously, within reason, because the Sixers re-signed Furcon last year to three years, $50 million, and he didn't really play that this year. Again, within reason. But with a guy like House, I, I think it's different. I think he... I think you... You have a much larger sample size with House because he's played Mm -hmm. longer, so you can really gauge what you're getting with House. So I would like to think he plays. I really would. I would like to think he plays significant minutes whether it's at the backup three, maybe it's some four possibly. Again, like I said earlier, I'm not really sure if I'd stretch him down to the four like that. He probably has played some four in Houston. Actually, I don't think he did. No, he didn't. But well, maybe he maybe, did, it, yeah. just, it didn't just show up just because of whatever reason, but I would like to think he gets some minutes at the two or three, because he has played two, the two, he has played the three, and yeah, I, I just, my my conclusion is, they offered him that money, I would hope and think that they that mm-hmm. he gets minutes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll 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 be interesting, but it, it, minutes always find a way to work themselves out for these bench guys. Mm-hmm. um And again, it's a good problem to have. We've addressed this before um, that this bench is is bolstered to a point where you're have, having to have this conversation, saying, "Okay, who, who's going to start? Who's going to or who's going to you know get the most minutes and that kind of thing." But again, things happen in the NBA. It's a long, long, long season. Injuries and just you know. Other things go on, and so um, each of these guys got to be ready. And so Daniel House will definitely get an opportunity. We know that, and uh, you know if he, you know, does well with that opportunity, I'm sure his minutes will only grow um, from that. So, yeah, Uh, we're on board with Daniel House. It'll be the it'll be refreshing to see someone in a Sixers uniform that is wearing the number twenty five shoot the ball a little bit. (laughs) Well. Will just, it, to will it be, ball, oh, just to shoot the uh, ball, just to shoot the ball. It'd be nice to see someone yeah, shoot okay. the ball wearing that That's jersey fair. number. Um, yeah, so <laughs> had to throw that in there. Had <laughs> <clears> to throw that in um, there. Yeah, so I, you know, I saw something on on you know just basketball reference that we're both looking at. I saw like a quote like today from Tyrese Maxey about you know he he or not a quote. Someone interviewed him, I guess, and asked about the additional bench pieces and he said yeah you know he he thinks that it's going to help them become a legitimate title contender Again, that's what the Sixers are about and um time will certainly tell if that's the truth um we like to hope that he's right we like to hope that these guys are good and and they're gonna you know mesh well together um but I mean this is this the deepest bench we've had you know well yeah in the in the in the Joel Embiid era
1: well, in the Joel Embiid era, one million yeah. percent, yes. I would even venture outward and say maybe ever. Yeah. I, I I'm not really too keen with the 60s, 70s, right. and 80s Sixers, <laughs> but I would like to think that this is the deepest bench they've had. I know. Uh, I think I I think uh, did Bobby Jones come off the bench with the Sixers? I yeah. I, I, bet, yeah. I don't even know why. <laughs> I don't know, but I'd like to I'd like to at least think. This is the deepest bench they've had, especially when you consider the the dimensions that these guys bring and their their abilities how they how they translate to the sixers specifically yeah,
0: yeah I think that you know now I mean it might just be because we're talking about Daniel house or it might me be because I really feel this way um, so i I love our guards off the bench I just do i mean I'm just a fan of them personally.
1: There's no reason yeah. not to. Be, yeah. Really. And then
0: you know, you kind of know <laughs> what you're gonna get with George Niang. We've seen him for a year in a Sixers uniform and you know, especially regular season. We enjoyed that. Um you know, the center position with, with Paul Reed, hopefully that, that I mean, hopefully that's gonna be a good thing. Um Charles Bassey and those guys. And then to me, you know, you got Furkan, you got Isaiah Joe, you kinda know what you're getting there. Um, depending on minute situation, of course. But to me, yeah. what can really make this bench be the bench that you're talking about and being, you know, the best ever for the Sixers? It might be Daniel House, like because we don't know exactly are we going to get a Houston Daniel House where when he's in he's shooting and he's shooting really well because that's going to make a difference. And we know he's, you know, capable on the defensive end. Um, I don't have film in front of me or I haven't watched much Daniel House film, but I I would bet most people trust him on the defensive end over George Niang, right? Yeah, I okay. definitely do. Okay. I okay, I'm just do. making sure. Because uh, I, I really, you know, I, I, I was assuming that, that I thought that, but I wasn't yeah. positive. that's no, a good assumption. <laughs> um, but anyway, like, I, I just think he's an important piece. If we're going to be a really, really good bench, and, you know, this unit's going to take us to that next level, um, he could be an X factor in that for the sole fact that um, <clears throat> we don't know exactly what we're going to get as far as his production, as far as his minutes, um, as far as how often he's going to shoot the ball. Like, we don't know exactly because his numbers have, have, have yeah. even when we look at it, have changed over the years, um, especially, you know, in the last couple since his Houston time and especially since James Harden hasn't been there. so. That's my thought. I, I I think he's I think he's an important factor um, into how good this bench can be, so. All right. Anything else?
1: Um, I don't know. I don't think so. I think I pretty much, I think we, I think we did a solid job of really yeah that was fun of really giving some honest breakdown of these guys because I I know, and like you mentioned earlier with with the Anthony Mellon, I knew about him, but before he came to the Sixers, you know, I definitely don't know as much as I do now.
0: Right, yeah. Yeah, and so hopefully, yeah, if if you're listening and you didn't know much about these two guys, hopefully hopefully, hopefully if you learned something um, through episode 61 of Planet 76 and we were able to fill you in a little bit, um, look for, you know, more of these um, coming your way as we inch – slowly but surely, closer to the season. Slowly but surely. Um, so more Sixers content. Uh, some, uh, you know Other than this, even some more stuff up our sleeve coming in the future. So be on the lookout for that. Um, if you haven't already, subscribe, hit that like button, give us a follow, whatever platform you are on. And, um, yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And uh, we will see you next time on Planet 76. Peace. Are you on Instagram? Why don't you go give us a follow at planet76podcast so you can be in the know when we drop new episodes. Thanks for listening to this one, and we'll see you next time.